behalf of my wife Isabel and my son Benjamin, we want to say thank you very much for this invitation, this opportunity. Now it may be good for you to know that uh, the seats in the back are fifty dollars, the ones in the front are five. <laughs> Nobody wants to change. This morning we want to begin by reading some verses out of the Gospel of John, chapter 1. I'm sure all of you have discovered in reading the New Testament that the Gospel of John is a little different than the other three Gospels. He begins his Gospel all the way back in eternity. He opens it up by saying, in the beginning, was the Word. So he begins in eternity past. And, and gives us something of a history. Of God's great working. So that anyone who believes in the Lord Jesus Christ can begin to experience what God had designed life to be for. What you know, it's a very sad thing that we can be born into the human race and live here on this planet. And never discover why God created us. So when John finishes his gospel, in chapter 20, he tells us why he wrote his gospel. He said, I have written these things that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ. And that believing you might have life in his name. Now we're all alive this morning. As far as I can see from here, everybody is alive. I'm assuming you're breathing. And so you're you're living. So what does it mean that he would that we would experience life? If we're already alive, how can we experience life? Because God's design was that we would experience life on a totally different level. Now this was a choice that was given to the, the head of the human race. When God created Adam, He created him in His own image according to His own likeness, and gave him specific instructions. Then He took Adam and his wife, 
built a garden. And he put the man and woman in this garden. Now I don't know since I wasn't there, but my uh, my feeling is that there was a little sign over top of the entrance into the garden. You have any idea what was on this sign? This is a test. <laughs> now most of us don't like to be tested. But this was a test for Adam. Very, very, very simple test. Because God wanted him to become a being that manifested his life. He would have human life, created life. But God's design was that he would experience eternal life. Divine life. Life that has its origin in God Himself. So if we don't experience this life, this eternal life, that John talks about in his gospel, then we miss the whole purpose of living. So God put the man in the garden. And you remember there were two trees that are mentioned there in the book The tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. Now the Lord didn't say much about the tree of life. But he made it very, very clear to Adam that there were serious consequences if he made the wrong choice, he of the wrong tree. Now, Adam was a very, very intelligent being. Just one, uh, one example. Let's, be, let's remember this morning. He named all the animals. Now, think about you having that responsibility. The animals had no names. Okay. And, the, and the Lord says, okay, now I want you to go out there and name all those animals. I can't even pronounce some of the names that we already have. But he had a tremendous capacity in his natural in his natural being. So God gave him a choice. And he told him if you make the wrong choice, there are serious consequences. The same thing is true for us. It's not just an initial choice. It's a choice that we need to continue to make. Because the Lord said to Adam, if you eat of that tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the day you eat of that tree, you are going to die. Now he didn't die physically. We are here as evidence of that, right? Aren't we all descendants of him? If he had died, on that occasion, physically, we would not even be here. So he didn't die physically. And he didn't die psychologically. That he still had feelings and thoughts and was able to make decisions. 
Now God doesn't use empty language. When He said to Adam, when, if you eat of that wrong tree, you will surely die. So if He didn't die physically, and He didn't die psychologically, then how did He die? The deepest part of Him experienced death. Human spirit experienced death. And this meant now that he is basically a person who is governed by his soul and his body. Basically, he becomes a slave to his soul and his body. And we have the evidence that this was not a good choice. You know, when you continue to read the book of Genesis, when you get to chapter 6, it's one of the saddest chapters in all the Word of God to me. Because you know what it says? <coughs> that the condition of man became so severe. The thoughts of his heart were continuously evil. And you know what God said? His own judgment, out of his own broken heart, I am sorry I ever made man. Now please, brothers and sisters, let's try to have some sense of what was going on in God's heart when he had to say that. He had such dreams, such Purpose for this man. And so his descendants of Adam, they came to a place where their hearts were just, were just continuously evil. So God had to judge them. So he judged them in such a way that only Noah and his family remained. But praise God this morning, my brothers and sisters. Our God has a way. He has provided a way for anyone, no matter who they are, regardless of how severely we have sinned. God has provided a way for us to make a choice to eat of the right tree. This is what happens to us when we believe in the Son of God. When we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, not just mentally believe, but our hearts are involved in believing. And we understand that this means I'm giving myself to Him. It's not a religious experience. A spiritual experience, yes. But it's not doesn't involve religion. It involves a relationship with the living God. And with this relationship, our lives can be transformed. And even though we're living here on this planet, on this earth, we can experience life the way God originally designed it to be experienced. Now, what's your response to that? What do you think, brothers and sisters? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Huh? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's okay. It's a biblical word. You can say it. It's okay. You can say hallelujah. You can say hallelujah. 
It's not forbidden among Christians. It's a wonderful word. You know what it means? Praise the Lord. Well, hallelujah. Our lives can be redeemed. And we can begin to experience life the way God originally designed it. Now, that doesn't seem to have anything to do with what I have to share in my life. So I need to be careful I don't go way off there. Okay? So let's come back to John chapter 1. And let's begin reading in verse 28 and read through verse 34. How about verse by verse? Okay. Verse 28 of chapter 1 of John's Gospel. These things took place in Bethany beyond the Jordan where John was baptizing. The next day, John saw Jesus coming to him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he on behalf of whom I said, After me comes a man who has a higher rank than I, for he existed before me. I did not recognize him, but so that he might be manifested to Israel, I came baptizing in water. John testified, saying, I have seen the Spirit descending as a dove out of heaven, and he remained upon him. I did not recognize him, but he who sent me to baptize in water said to me, He upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining upon him, this is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. This is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. Verse 34. I myself have seen and have testified that this is the Son of God. Now I trust that all of us are aware that John was raised up by God for a very special purpose. His purpose was to be an instrument used in the hand of God of preparing a way for the coming of the Messiah. And here we discover in these verses that John identifies the Lord Jesus in three different ways. You notice in verse 34, he said, I myself have seen and have testified that this is the Son of God. Now, we don't have time this morning to try to develop this, this wonderful truth about 
Jesus being the Son of God. But it's important that we understand that He is. He is the Son of God. He is the Son of Man. Now let's go back to verse 29. Here John identifies the Lord Jesus in another way. The next day, John saw Jesus coming to him and said, Behold the Lamb of God. So in verse 34, he is the Son of God. Verse 29, he is the Lamb of God. And then in verse 33, he says, it's beginning to begin. I did not recognize him, but he who sent me to baptize in water said to me, He upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining upon him, this is the one who baptizes in the Holy Spirit. So John identifies him as the Son of God. As the Lamb of God. And as the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. This is what we want to focus our attention. In our times together this morning and tomorrow morning. We want to consider together. This man of our Lord Jesus being the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. I'm aware that this can be controversial. You have to believe me, it's not my desire to be controversial. But we do need to have clear understanding of who our Lord Jesus is. You know, we, we sang that wonderful hymn this morning about the unfathomable riches of our Lord Jesus. So regardless of how long we have known Him, there's much more to know. Hmm? You know, in Ephesians chapter 3, Paul says that he had been commissioned by God to go and preach to the Gentiles the unfathomable, unsearchable, inexhaustible riches of Christ. Brothers and sisters, I hope you have spent some time thinking about that. Meditating on that wonderful truth. If something is unsearchable, how far do you need to go to find it all? If something is inexhaustible, how, how much of do you need to use before you exhaust the whole thing? So I think you see the point I'm trying to make. All the fullness of deity, all that God is, is in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And I want to say for my own hallelujah, it's possible for you and me to experience these riches here and now. We don't have to wait until we die and enter into a different stage of living. This is for now. For today. This is for us. These unsearchable riches of Christ. So we should not allow ourselves to get upset. When we begin to fellowship about our Lord Jesus being the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. Now there's been a lot of unfortunate things that have happened among us as God's people. There have been different people who had different experiences in oh, during these centuries. Some of them have been of the Lord and some have not been of the Lord. But unfortunately those which have not been of the Lord get the most attention. And they create negative concepts in our mind. Now maybe this has not been your experience. But it has been my experience. That many of God's dear children feel uncomfortable talking about the Lord Jesus as the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. Now, I just want to try to emphasize this. When's the last time you went to a conference and the theme was Jesus, the baptizer in the Holy Spirit? When's the last time you heard someone share on Jesus being the baptizer in the Holy Spirit? When's the last time you read a book? To try to understand what it means for Jesus to be the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. So my brothers and sisters, we need to be especially careful that we don't allow ourselves to be influenced negatively by these things that have happened. When John the Baptist says, that Jesus is the baptized, the one who baptizes in the Holy Spirit. How should we respond? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But that's not easy to come by, right? That's not easy to say that. <laughs> because we've had these negative things that we have that we have received. That have made us sensitive in the wrong way. But you know our blessed Lord Jesus said you shall know the truth and what will be the result of knowing the truth? What will be the result? Get free. We need to be free of some of these thoughts that we about our Lord Jesus being the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. I know there are hundreds of examples that you could probably uh, quote about all these crazy things that have happened. If you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you need to be able to 
to swing on the chandeliers. If you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, for sure you'll roll on the floor. You'll do some crazy, unreasonable thing. Now, I'm convinced that we will do some things that are not natural to us. But they won't be crazy and unreasonable. And that's why I feel like we need to have some fellowship, brothers and sisters. So that we know our Lord Jesus as the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. Now, we have no problems identifying John as the baptizer in water, right? You, you probably have heard some, some messages, some sermons, some teaching about John the Baptist and his ministry of being a Baptist. But this portion of God's Word tells us there are two baptizers. One baptizes in water and the other baptizes in the Holy Spirit. But we somehow are not as open to the second one as we are to the first. And I think it interferes greatly with what God wants to do in us personally. And it creates blockages as to what He wants to do among us as the Lord's people. So we want to spend some time fellowshipping about our Lord Jesus being the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. So let's begin by fellowshipping first of all about the, the relationship between Him being the Lamb of God and the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. Now, when, when our Lord Jesus is identified as the Lamb of God, no problem with hallelujahs, right? <laughs> yes? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. It means my sins have been forgiven and forgotten and cleansed and there's no more record of them. How? What can be greater than that? Well, there is something in addition to it. <laughs> that is knowing the Lord Jesus as the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. Now, somehow, <coughs> I think we can discover some, some insight into the importance of why we need to know our Lord Jesus as the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. Now let's, let's think for a few moments about him, our Lord Jesus, being the Lamb of God. Now, when did he become the Lamb of God? Now we discover he is the Son of God. But when did he become the Lamb of God? Now, let's be careful. Whose Lamb is he? Ours or his? Our, our his Lamb. He has prepared him. Now, there's much for us to benefit from, brothers and sisters. Focus on our Lord Jesus being the Lamb of God. But please notice what John said. 
He didn't say, "Look, behold the Lamb of God who forgives his sins." Of That's not what he said. What did he say? Look, behold. The Lamb of God who takes away, who removes from the whole world the sin that's there. There will be no more record of sin. Now, I don't know about you, but this is one thing that I anticipate experiencing in the age to come. There'll be no more record of sin. It seems to me the only evidence that will be that there was ever any sin are the scars in his hands. The scar in his side. These scars are the only evidence. That there's ever been any sin in God's universe. Now, how do you respond to that one? I have to say, Hallelujah, brothers and sisters. Maybe you find it easy living here in the midst of all the unrighteousness. All the horrible things that happen to us as human beings. For some people, it's more horrible than for others. But can you imagine? Living in a sphere, in a where 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 can we be, Daniel? I don't know. <laughs> But being someplace where there is no evidence that there is any sin then, and that there's never been any sin. Now, this is what our Lord Jesus accomplishes. You not only can know the forgiveness of your sin, you can be reconciled to God, you can be at peace with God, you can be free of all the guilt of your sin, but there's still an additional problem. Have you noticed that just because you were forgiven, you didn't stop sinning? Did you notice? Anybody here stop sinning after you were forgiven? The, more, the day you receive forgiveness, you never sinned again in your whole life? Anybody here, that's your experience? You stop sinning? Why? Why? If you're forgiven, Why stop? Why not just stop sinning? Because there's a problem. An additional problem that the Lamb of God accomplished something for. So not just the Lamb of God who forgives sin. But the Lamb of God who takes away sin. And the Lamb of God who makes it possible not to sin. Have you read Romans 6 lately? Do you not know that as many of you have been baptized into Christ Jesus, have been baptized into his death, knowing this, that our old man was crucified? Brothers and sisters, what is the only kind of a sinner who doesn't sin? There's only one condition that is necessary for you and me to stop sinning. Sandy, what kind? Sandy, 
a dead sinner. 就是死的罪人。It's the only kind of sinner who doesn't sin. This is the only kind of sinner who doesn't sin. If the sinner is alive, 如果罪人是活的 ，What does he do? 他做什么 ？He sins. 他就犯罪。He doesn't sin because、uh, he, he he's not a sinner because he sins, but he sins because he's a sinner. 所以他不是啊、uh ，因为他犯罪所以是罪人，是因为他是罪人所以他才犯罪。You understand my problem? 懂了我的意思吗？ So something more than being forgiven of our sins has to be accomplished. So, 除了我们呃罪得赦之外，还有其他的。Well, hallelujah. 感谢主。The Lamb of God. 神的羔羊。Accomplished a work. 做了一个工作。Whereby you and I don't need to continue to be victims to our old sinful nature. 就是你我不必再是我们旧的这个性情的奴隶。God in His great wisdom and mercy. 神在他的智慧里。Put us in His Son. 把我们放在他儿子里。You can read it in Romans 6. 你可以读罗马六书六章。He put us in His Son. 他把我们放在他儿子里。So that when His Son was crucified. 所以当他儿子被钉十字架，那个对那个罪人怎么搞的 ？What happened to him? 那个罪人怎么样？ He was crucified too. 他也被钉在十字架上。I lived here in the United States for 60 years. 我在美国住了六十年。And I noticed that we never buried anybody until they were dead. 我们总是等人死了以后才把他埋起来。啊？ But we always buried the people that were dead. 但是死了以后你就把它埋起来。So what is it that we need to see? 那我们要看见的是什么 ？That in addition to our Lord Jesus shedding His blood, 除了我们主让为我们流血之外 ，He became the Lamb of God. 他成为神的羔羊。Who was the instrument that God used? 就是神用的器皿。To make it possible for human beings not to sin. 就让人有办法不犯罪。That which is born of God cannot sin. John tells us. 他说那是出于神的，不可能犯罪。So what does it prove when we sin? 那这证是什么 ？That we're not abiding in Christ. 就是我们没有住在基督里。That we're not living out of Him. 我们没有借着他而活。Because we're not only crucified and buried in Him. 我们不只是在他里面被钉十字架，然后被埋。Forgive me, brothers and sisters. 赦免我。Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We've been raised with Him too. 我们也与他复活。To walk in newness of life. 我们在新的生命里，你行。So you can't train a sinner to stop sinning. Impossible. But what God can do? This is His solution. 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 Do you notice if you look back on your life before you came to know the Lord? 当你回回想去看你认识主之前的那个情况 did, ，Did you have a choice about sinning? 你对犯罪有选择吗、uh, ？Did someone teach you how to sin? 有人教到你要怎么犯罪吗 ？You have you took a course in sinning. 你有没有上一个课是怎么犯罪？ Or mom and dad said, "Okay, now you're seven years old. It's time for you to learn how to sin." 爸爸妈妈七岁的时候说，你要学习怎么样犯罪。Is that what happened to you? 这是发生的事情吗 ？Is that what happened to you? 的确是这样子发生的。What happened? 怎么样发生 ？How did you sin? 你怎么犯罪 ？Why did you sin? 你为什么犯罪 ？Why didn't you stop sinning? 你为什么没有停止犯罪 
Because you were helpless. We were, while we were still helpless, God did something. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He did something wonderful. Where we don't have to continue to be victimized by that old man. Now only God would have chosen this way. And it's important that you and I say amen to his way. It's total foolishness. For you and I to train, to try to train the old man to stop sinning. But thousands and thousands of God's dear children. This is exactly what they're doing. And maybe some of you are here this morning. You're trying to read your Bible more. You're trying to pray more. You're trying to go to more meetings. You're trying to increase your giving. You have a long list of things. And you're trying to train that old man to stop sinning. Have you discovered it doesn't work? How long are you going to continue to walk down this meaningless road? Why don't you accept God's way? And say, Hallelujah. I've been crucified in Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. That's the Christian life. Hallelujah. Oh, brothers and sisters, this is what it means for our Lord Jesus to be the Lamb of God. Now, to one degree or another, this needs to be something of a reality in our lives. Prior to coming to know Him as a baptizer in the Holy Spirit, you remember in the Old Testament that the priests were required to be cleansed and anointed three places. The ear, the thumb, and the big toe. Okay. First blood, and then oil. Well, this helps us understand that this provision that we have in our Lord Jesus, not just as the, the Lamb of God, but also as the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. Now my understanding is this. You cannot experience the Lord Jesus as the baptizer in the Holy Spirit until you have experienced Him as the Lamb of God. It just cannot happen. But here is our difficulty. It's possible to know him as the Lamb of God and not know him as the baptizer of the Holy That we're satisfied with having the cleansing. We need to come into an experience of this anointing of oil. We need to know our Lord Jesus as the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. Now, I think there are many wonderful examples in the Word of God. Let's think for, for example. When the children of Israel came out of Egypt, God marvelously opened up the Red Sea. And they walked out on dry ground. Amen? Amen? Amen. Now, did they enter into all that God had promised them? By coming out of Egypt? Was that enough? 
这是够的吗？也没有那么多的人，但是对主而言，也没有那么多的人。所以神就愿意这个亚伯拉罕立了约。所以神就愿意这个亚伯拉罕立了约。所以神就愿意这个亚伯拉罕的后裔来领接受这
But I, I, I couldn't find anybody else who seemed to think this was a, a something the Lord had provided for His children. 但是好像没有其他人会觉得这是神为他儿女预备的。So I had a number of experiences along the way. 所以我经历有许许多的经历。Some of you know that I.、Uh, I went to seminary. That, 许多人知道我去了这个神学院 Our brother Dana calls it cemetery. 哦，我们的 Dana 就叫说，那就是像这个坟墓一样 That's where I met my brother Dana. 这就是我认识弟，我的 Dana 弟兄就是在坟墓里认识。But I was a student in seminary. 我是在神学院是学生 And I had become the pastor of a large Baptist church. I mean, the assistant pastor of a large Baptist church. So I was in that place, doing a pastor's assistant in a large And one day, I'm in my office, and a phone call comes. I was in my office, and a phone call comes. I was in my office, and a phone Mustang说话，他不在他的办公室。他不在他的办公室。他不在他的办公室。他不在他的办公室。他不在他的办公室。他不在他的办公室。他不在他的办公室。他不在他的办公室。他不在他的办公室。他不在他的办公室。他不在
But now I found a love in me to call him my Lord Jesus. I didn't create this. This is something that happened in me. And I just finished some seminary. And this book became a new book to me. It's like scales were taken from my eyes. And I saw things I never saw before. So it created some problems in the church where I was a pastor in Riverhead, actually. So on one occasion the deacon says, Ernie, we need to talk to you. So we had our time together. And I shared with them my experience and my understanding from the Word of God. And you know what they said to me? They said, Ernie, we know it's in the Bible, but it ain't Baptist. What do you have to do? For me, I had. I only had one choice. I had to obey the Word of God. But what I'm trying to point out is this, brothers and sisters. God loving, God, God's dear children. There's something happen in their thinking that blocks them to the truth of who our Lord Jesus is. Who is our Lord Jesus? Is He the Son of God? Amen? Amen. Is He the Lamb of God? Amen. Is He the Baptizer in the Holy Spirit? Amen. Amen. But I need to know Him as that. Not just a doctrine, not just a teaching. But I need to know him as the baptizer. Now, when we come to some of these matters, one of the wisest things we can do is to go back to the Word of God so that the Holy Spirit can help us understand what does it mean to be baptized with the Holy Spirit? Because what I've discovered is many of God's dear children misuse the language. Just, just, just take one example. Church. Hmm? Clear among God's people what the church is? As we were traveling with Sandy and, and Maurice last night to go get something to eat. Sandy pointed out how many churches there are just in this little area. All different kinds of churches. What do you think? That's what the New Testament is talking about. You see, we have taken the words of the scriptures and filled them with our meaning. And sometimes we haven't been diligent about going to the Word of God and finding out what the Word of God says. So to me, the only place, the two places that we find our Lord Jesus talking about well, first of all, John talking about the Lord Jesus being the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. Here in John 1, 
John baptized you with water, but not many days from now you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So we have found different ways to try to get around this whole issue. 我们好像找不同的方法去避免这个题目。I have 50 books in my library on the Holy Spirit. 我在我的图书馆里有50本关于圣灵的。And I've read a lot of them. 然后我读了许多。Basically, okay? I can divide them into two groups. 有两个不同的版本。25 here and 25 here. first 25 say, when you believe in the Lord Jesus, you get everything. 所以第一个, 前25本说 你相信主耶稣的时候什么都有了你在圣灵生的你什么都有了所以这是你有圣经解说这就是圣经所说的话你有圣经解说这就是圣经所说的话你有圣经解说这就是圣经所说的话你有圣经解说这就是圣经所说
Let me explain my little understanding. You take it and consider it before Baptism is something the Lord Jesus does. Objectively that he does. As far as I've been able to discover, no one else in the universe is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. Is there anyone else who is the Lamb of God? Only the Lord Jesus. And as far as I've been able to discover, He's the only one who can baptize in the Holy Spirit. Okay? But, subjectively, how do we experience the reality of Him, of him baptizing? Now maybe we'll fellowship a little bit more about this tomorrow morning. But what happened in Acts chapter 1? In chapter 1, the Lord Jesus told his disciples, You go back to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father. And he said to them in verse 8, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me. So they went back and waited for ten days. And in the chapter two of Acts, it says, and when the day of Pentecost was being fulfilled, the day of Passover, the Passover feast was fulfilled when Jesus was crucified. The, pa- the Pentecostal feast was fulfilled on the day of Pentecost. Fifty days from Passover to Pentecost. But what happened, brothers and sisters? Our Lord Jesus was crucified. He was buried. He was raised from the dead. And he walked and, and manifested himself among his disciples for 40 days. And then he gathered them together as we have record of in Acts chapter 1. And he had some things to say to them. And commanded them to go back and wait. Now, after our Lord Jesus gave these instructions, they witnessed him being taken up in a cloud. And then ten days later, a very significant event occurred on this planet. Just as important as the incarnation, just as important as the crucifixion, just as important as the resurrection. Now, I want us to be very careful. Without the incarnation, without the crucifixion, without the resurrection, there could be no Pentecost. Okay? 
But these are necessary. But the other event is also necessary. You have already discovered. But even though God forgives you of your sins, it's no guarantee that you will stop sinning. Now is it clear in our hearts, brothers and sisters? You remember what John says in first John chapter two. My little children, I write these things to you that you may not sin. Did you hear that? God doesn't play games with us. If His Word says, I write these things to you, you may stop sinning. Then is it possible? Yes. Probable. But here's what the point I think the word of God is trying to make. Sinning ought to be the exception and not the rule. Before it was the rule. We were a slave to sin. And if you're still trying to carry this thing out in your own flesh, but you have a deep desire to enter into all that our Lord Jesus has provided, then you know what the Holy Spirit will do? <laughs> he will arrange a Romans 7 experience for you. You know Romans 7? You know the Lord doesn't want us to live in Romans 7. We just both pass through this one. Where does He want us to live? In Romans 8. Not in Romans 7. Now, Romans 8 cannot be reality unless we know something about Romans 3. Romans 4, Romans 5, Romans 6, and Romans 7. May the Holy Spirit write it on our hearts this He doesn't want you to live in Romans 7. Or Romans 5. Romans 5, he wants you to live in Romans chapter 8. Now, if you will carefully read the letter to the Romans, this is what you will discover. Prior to Romans chapter 8, Paul only mentions the Holy Spirit two times. Chapter 5, verse 5, and chapter 7, verse 6, before you get to Romans 8. But how does Romans 8 begin? Maybe some of you have uh, remembered, okay? Hallelujah. <laughs> that's not Paul, that's me, okay? <laughs> Hallelujah, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. You want to add your hallelujah? <laughs> and wonderful hallelujah. Especially when you have some understanding of what it means that there is no more condemnation. What was Paul experiencing in Romans 7? Did he want to be an overcomer? Did he want to obey God? The good that I would, I do not. And what I don't want to do is what I'm always doing. Oh, wretched man that I am. Who will set me free? He was a condemned man. He was condemned to prison without parole. And what does Paul say? Therefore now, there is no condemnation. 
to those who are in Christ Jesus. Why? Because the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free Forgive me, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm so grateful for that provision of freedom. And I want you to know it's yours too. Not because of who you are, but because of who our Lord Jesus is, and what work He's accomplished, and what He wants to do in our lives now. It was when our Lord Jesus was exalted back to the right hand of the Father that He began to function as a baptizer in the Holy Spirit. He was not the baptizer in the Holy Spirit while He was here on the earth. He didn't function as, as the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. But it was after he got seated at the Father's right hand. You can read about it in Acts chapter 2. In Peter's sermon, he explains that God has made him both Lord and Christ. What does it mean for our Lord Jesus to be the Christ? The very thing that John's talking about there in John chapter 1. The one who sent me to baptize in water said to me, the one that you see the Spirit coming upon, remaining upon him. This is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. So when our Lord Jesus received the Holy Spirit, He became the Christ. He became the anointed one. The Messiah. This is what it means to be the Christ. So that anointing that on him is on him. That he received at his when he was baptized in water. So he came up out of the water and he was praying. And the Holy Spirit came upon him in the form of a dove. And John says, I witnessed it, I saw it with my eyes. And the one who had sent him to baptize in water said to him. This is the way you will know the one who is the baptizer of the Holy Spirit. So brothers and sisters, our blessed Lord Jesus as the Son of God was incarnated in Jesus of Nazareth. He became the Son of Man. And hallelujah, He lived a perfect life. And as a perfect person, He became the Lamb of God. Oh, brothers and sisters, you understand, the only way that God can forgive us there's a perfect sacrifice. There has to be something that when God looks at it, his own self, his own righteousness is totally satisfied. What is it that he looks at? Why can he forgive us of our sins? Because he sees the blood. And that blood represents the life, the perfect life of our Lord Jesus. And when the Father sees that blood, he can forgive and forget your sins. And they don't need to be remembered anymore. 
不要再记了。But you know, 但是你知道, we need to have something else. 我们要有其他的, something more needs to happen to us. 要更多的事发生, it doesn't in any way belittle what our Lord Jesus did as the Lamb of God. 这不让我们, 这, 这, but if you're honest, 你诚实的话, you have to say, 你要说, I I need something else. Somehow, just being forgiven doesn't doesn't do everything. Well, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our Lord Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. When he sat down at the Father's right hand, he poured forth. He sent the Holy Spirit. Now there's so many wonderful things that we could fellowship about. But for our purpose this morning, we need to see it is the Lord Jesus who is the baptized. It is our experience that we also need to understand. What does it say in Acts chapter 2? Verse 4. Does it say, and they were all baptized with the Holy Spirit? No. What does it say? And they were all filled. Okay. And in, and in Ephesians chapter 5. Keep on being filled. Receive the Holy Spirit. The Lord Jesus baptizes and pours out. But we need to receive and be filled. Now in, in Acts chapter 10, while Peter was preaching his sermon, right in the middle of his sermon, right in the middle of a sentence, the Holy Spirit falls upon the believers in Cornelius' house. He fell upon So it's our Lord Jesus who was Functioning as the baptizer. <coughs> we, when we experience it, we are filled. We receive. It's poured out upon us. So it's why it's important, brothers and sisters, to spend some time trying to get clear about what the Word of God teaches us about what our Lord Jesus does in relationship to Him being the baptizer in the Holy Spirit and what is our responsibility. Now, I don't know if all of you will be here tomorrow, but I want to make it very simple because our God never wants to complicate things. When it complicated, you can be sure somehow man has put his hand on that situation. How did you come to know Jesus as the Lamb of God? How? What did you do? What did you do? You believed. Yes. Yes. Isn't that right? You exercised your faith in a person that you never saw. You believed that he was crucified and you were not even there. Huh? Yes. You believe that his death on that cross, through the shedding of his blood, God would forgive you. You believe? You believe in the Lord Jesus and something in the depths of your being, something happened down there. It's a, it's a mystery. <laughs> the Lord Jesus is like the wind. 
Well, the Lord Jesus says, this is what happens to a person. They are born of the Spirit. Okay? Now, we need to believe that by faith. We need to enter into it by faith. Now, what about this matter of our Lord Jesus being the baptized in the Holy Spirit? We have to wait 10 days. We have to roll around on the floor. All the other things we hear people say. Like I told you, I have a few books in my library on the Holy Spirit. And they tell you what you need to do. Some say there are seven things. Some say there are four things. It's confusing, doesn't it? Brothers and sisters. If the Holy Spirit opens our eyes, we see that Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. You find Jesus is the Lord Jesus, I want to know the reality of you being the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. Now there are conditions. I, I, don't, I don't want to mislead in any way. But brothers and sisters, it's simple. Not complicated. Not easy. In reality, it is the most difficult thing you will ever do in your life. You know what you need to do? You need to learn to say no to yourself. You need to give yourself 100%. It's very simple. I didn't say easy, did I? I said simple. You can, and you can experience this for yourself. You can go find a place. Hopefully, where. You're not concerned about how many hours there are left. Try to get away from distractions. And have a heart-to-heart conversation with your Lord Jesus. And simply say to Him, Lord, in your word, it says that you are the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. I want to know everything by experience what you have provided for me. I want to know you as a baptizer in the Holy Spirit. Now you know you have a battle on your hands the moment you do that. Because all of these thoughts that you've you you had before and you have to decide whether you're thirsty or not. Because you remember in John chapter 7, on one occasion the Lord Jesus stood on the Temple Mount. After a, a seven-day ceremony, where the priest would go down and take a pitcher of water, bring it up to the Temple Mount and pour it out. Remembering how the Lord had provided water for them in the wilderness. But on the eighth day, the feast, the priest didn't do that. But the Lord Jesus was there. 
You remember what he did? He stood up in the middle of that big crowd of people who were there to celebrate this feast. And what did he say? Is anyone thirsty? Isn't that what he said? What did he say? If you are, come to me and drink. And out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. It can't get any simpler, brothers and sisters. All he says is come and keep coming. Drink and keep drinking. And you will discover that out of your innermost being will begin to flow rivers. Say to him, Lord, John 7, you made this promise. I'm coming to you. And I'm seeking to be obedient to what the Word of God says. If you believe in me, as the scripture says, then out of your innermost being will flow rivers. If there's anything hindering me from coming and drinking, in your mercy reveal it to me. I want to know this for myself. I want to forget about what other people have to say. I want to prove you here in this portion of your word. Now let me finish, okay? I want to try to illustrate in a very simple way what I understand it means to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Let's look first of all, Genesis chapter 7. Verse 10 through 12. We'll read them and then we'll come back and make one observation. Genesis 7 verse 10. And it came about after the seven days that the water of the flood came upon the earth. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, on the seventeenth day of the month, on the same day, all the fountains of the great deep burst open, and the floodgates of the sky were opened. Verse 12. The rain fell upon the earth for 40 days and 40 nights. Now, brothers and sisters, I think this is a good picture of what it means to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, what, what was the source of the flood? Where did the flood Where did the waters come from? See, I think many times we only think about them coming from outside. Huh? But what happened? What did he say? All the fountains of the great deep burst open. And the floodgates of heaven were opened. Now, 
when we believe in the Lord Jesus, so when we believe in the Lord Jesus, where what does the Holy Spirit do? That 圣灵做什么 What does He do? 圣灵做什么 He comes to take up residence inside. 他就住在我们里面 How else can you experience eternal life? 你怎么样经历 How can you be born again? 你怎么能重生呢 If not by the Holy Spirit, 如果不是借着圣灵 So He's there inside of us. 他住在我们里面 But what has to happen inside? The floodgates must burst open. So this water must have total access to the interior being,、uh, our interior being. He must have total access to the interior being. He must have total access to the interior being. He must have total So one of the things the Holy Spirit is waiting for. So there are some things that the Holy Spirit is waiting for. So one of the things the Holy Spirit is waiting for. So one of the things the Holy Spirit is waiting for. So one of the things the Holy Spirit is waiting for. So one of the things the Holy Spirit is Isabel and Ben and I went to stay with some brothers, a brother and sister in Brazil. Isabel, Ben, and I went to stay with some brothers, a brother and sister in Brazil. And when we arrived there, because he invited us to come and stay. And when we arrived there, and when we arrived there, we arrived there. His English is very limited, like my Portuguese. 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 His English is very limited, like my Feel free. Okay. Now, what hinders us from saying to the Holy Spirit the same thing? What keeps you from saying? Blessed Holy Spirit, make yourself at home. You have freedom into every room. If you find anything there that displeases you, I will cooperate with you, and we will throw it out. There's something there. I mean, there's something that should be there that's not there. I will seek to cooperate with you so that you can bring in the fullness of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then the other way I want to illustrate. You, maybe you'll need to forgive me for my mistake. Anybody here like Dunkin' Donuts? I saw Dunkin' Donuts over here. Apparently, some of you brothers and sisters must sample them once in a while. You know what's wonderful about Dunkin' Donuts? Not just the donut by itself. Dunkin' Donuts has some of the best coffee in the world. Dunkin' Donuts has some of the best coffee in the world. Maybe you don't like coffee. Okay, I understand. But you could learn to like. I want to try to explain to you what it means to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Yeah, 被圣灵是是被圣灵。You have a cup of coffee. Good Dunkin' Donut coffee. 好的，当地的高级咖啡，然后一个 donut. Now you know the best way to eat a Dunkin' Donut. 怎么吃 donut 最好？ And not just eat it. 不只是吃，然后看着咖啡。That's not the best way. 这不是最好的。You break the donut. 你把 donut 然后打一遍，然后。Why is it called Dunkin' Donut? 为什么叫 Dunkin' Donut? And what I've discovered is this, brothers and sisters. 
that when you break the donut and put it in the coffee, it makes it much easier for the coffee to get into the donut. So this coffee that the donut becomes a container for the coffee. It somehow saturates. <laughs> it saturates the donut. Now I have to confess, I cannot eat any more Dunkin' Donuts. I have to change my lifestyle. It's one of the most wonderful experiences. <laughs> Humanly speaking. I know some of you think I'm crazy, but I'm probably crazy. But anyway, dunking a donut in Dunkin' Donut coffee. And allow it to remain there until it's saturated with the coffee. Something. I think this is what our Lord Jesus means by being baptized in the Holy Spirit. So where the life of Christ, the life of the Holy Spirit, saturates every fiber of our being. For example, how many of you are satisfied with what goes on in your mind day after day after day? You're satisfied with the thoughts that you have. Well, let me uh, make an are you willing to have that done and then we put it up here and let everybody see your thoughts for 24 hours? Anybody ready to do Any volunteers? Nobody. Okay. Why? 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 Do what needs to be done. But do you suppose if the Lord's life could get into our thinking? If our mind could be renewed, and we could take every thought obedient to Christ. Don't you think? That this would change what happens in your thinking? Now, brothers and sisters, this is one of the wonderful, wonderful benefits of being filled with the Holy Spirit, of knowing the Lord Jesus as the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. So, for the sake of God getting His work done, I want to plead with you, my brother and sister. If you have any negative thoughts or feelings about our Lord Jesus as the baptizer in the Holy Spirit, do whatever you need to do to overcome that thinking. Even if you need to get someone to help you, get another brother and sister, declare a war on this. This whole battle that's going on in your mind. And know that the blessed Holy Spirit who's inside of you wants to empower you to overcome your negative thinking. And so that you can that the life of Christ in you can be manifested in the way you think. 
所以我们主做为用圣灵施浸的是一个消极的事情所以我们主做为用圣灵施浸的是一个消极的事情所以我们主做为用圣灵施浸的是一个消极的事情所以我们主做为用圣灵施浸的是一个消极的事情所以我们
totally in love with one another. Why are we not practicing what our Lord Jesus told us? Because you know the problem? God has saved some people that are very difficult to love. And you happen to be one of them. You don't think so, huh? Oh, you think you're such an easy person. You're deceived. <coughs> Oh, brothers and sisters. And then he goes on to talk about in Ephesians 5. Wives. Uh, be submissive. Husbands. Love your wives. Children, obey your parents. Parents, don't provoke your children to anger. Servants and masters. Now, please, brothers and sisters, don't disconnect that from verse 18. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is the only way that you can work that out. Now, I know you can go to a Christian bookstore today. <laughs> and you can read a, get a book on marriage. And they can give you all kinds of psychological help. Their suggestions of how you can have a good husband. But you will find that 99% of them never mention the Holy Spirit. He knows everything about everything. And in John 14, the Lord Jesus says, You shall know him. Because he will be with you and be in you. Thank you, dear brothers and sisters, for being so patient with me. But I think you can see this is something of great importance in my own heart. It's not something we can ignore. You don't have to agree with me. You don't have to agree with other people. Get the word of God and get alone and find out what the scriptures have to say. But don't be satisfied until you enter in experientially. What it means for the Lord Jesus to be the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you are so full of mercy. You're so patient with us as your and there's so much that we don't understand and much that we have misunderstood. Especially it has, as it has to do with you being the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. Lord, please forgive us for thinking that somehow you made a mistake. That it's not necessary for you to function as a baptizer in the Holy Spirit. So, Lord, forgive us. And now help us to allow the Holy Spirit to reveal to us the truth of what your word says. Lord, renew our thinking. To where we can more fully cooperate in this great work of you pouring out the Holy Spirit. Help us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Take a few minutes to respond in prayer.